Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... Bite Me Balance by Julie Albert and Lisa Natt. Hi, Johnny. Oh, hey, Victoria. (laughs) Didn't see you there. No, of course you didn't. (laughs) All right. Hey, welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books, episode 37. Man, we've been at this for a long time. We're trucking. (laughs) Toot toot. I just watched a little thing on YouTube about trucker country. Oh, CB radios and whatnot. That was a big thing. You know what I didn't know? The guy that's like the main writer and like the face behind Mannheim Steamroller. Mm-hmm. You know those guys? They Every have Christmas. a huge Christmas show. Yeah. He and his writing partner wrote and performed uh, Convoy by C.W. McCall. C.W. McCall was like his writing partner's like stage name for the trucker country thing. I know I've heard the song. I know I've heard it. Oh, yeah. But like it was a huge hit. He said it was like the biggest hit he's ever had. Like Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like he needed so he's more got, money. He's got Mannheim money yeah. and convoy money. Yep. Not a not a terrible. And he way lives to in be. Omaha, where you know you can buy like a mansion. Oh, he's like Bezos there, yep. probably. Yep. He's the Jeff Bezos of <laughs> Omaha. Although I think Warren Buffett lives in Omaha too. So he's got he's got mm. you know they have mansions right next to each other. Doesn't Warren Buffett just have his own private island? I think so. Yeah, yeah, you would think so. All right. Well, that was quite the tangent. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, hey, if you go to our website, which is wecookbooks.com, you'll see a store tab, and that will direct you to our Amazon.com affiliate page. We've got a few lists there, Kitchen Essentials for Home Cooks, as well as our favorite cookbooks that we've featured over on the Cooking the Books Gram. And if you make a purchase from either of those lists, it doesn't cost you anything more. We get a few pennies in return. It's a great way you can support what we're doing and get a little something for yourself as well. So thank you for that, everyone who's been doing that. Uh, you want to talk about what we're currently working on? Uh, yeah. Right now we are um, working on a book called Getaway by Renee Erickson. Um, How would you describe this? It's kind of a unique book. And I'm I'm digging it so far. It's basically it's kind of a little bit of a travel log of yeah. the food that she loved, of like areas that she really loves. Um yeah, I've been like, pretty pleased with it so far. Like she chose different destinations mm-hmm. around the world. I don't think it's limited to just America. No, there's like Paris, there's yes. Normandy, yes. um the Pacific Northwest. And then she drew inspiration for these recipes based on like meals that she's had in those mm-hmm. places. So it's it's kind of fun. I'm enjoying it so far. I I'm am too. About halfway through it. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, most importantly, what's for dinner tonight? We are doing takeout. Um, kind of kicking around what we want to do. I'm kind of in the mood for, I don't know, I think maybe pizza, maybe Thai. Takeout pizza. I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> pizza um, does sound good. Well, to and me, it though. and it does kind of dovetail nicely into our show topic this week, which is favorite takeout food. 
And uh, we got some responses. Not a huge amount of response. I know. Maybe it's just because, like, it's the wrong audience. Everyone's into cooking and cookbooks, and then we're asking them, like, what food they like to get takeout from. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, li- I love to cook, but I also like to take a day off. So. I, I'm right there with you. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was our that was our uh, topic. We threw it out to the listeners. We got some responses. Uh, Joseph P said fish and chips. Man, I bet well, I bet he goes to Anchor. I bet there's this really great fish and chip place uh, in Northeast Minneapolis in Minnesota called Anchor Fish and Chips. And I wish we had a fish and chips place by here. I know, right? That's one of those things too that I would much rather order from somewhere than, than to make to myself because mm-hmm. it's a it's a bit of work, grease everywhere, of, yeah, a bit of a mess. <laughs> All right, and then uh, Carbgasms at Carbgasms, I love that name. Said right? uh, dim sum and sushi. There you go. Yes, although you know what is a pet peeve is when sushi, like when you have your sushi delivered and they don't separate. Like, as say you get like a hot appetizer or something and they oh, don't yeah. separate the hot from the cold that's just inconsiderate no one wants tepid sushi no boo they should know better right are, are you speaking like of a specific place or? no it's just i just know that it's happened a few times you know what my favorite part is that little fake grass that they give you. I, I never understand it like <laughs> <The> plastic grass <laughs> buried right there with the with the ginger, the pickled ginger. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, let's see. Perpetually X Hungry said a bucket of fried chicken. There you go. Now you're speaking my language. And that's another thing that I just would rather order than make myself. And you make a mean fried chicken. I do, but it makes such a big mess. The place where we used to get fried chicken is no more. True. Fried chicken is another one of those things that uh, you have to eat right away when it's nice and hot too, because the minute that uh, you know it cools down on the way home from picking it up, it's just it's not the same. Or you have to eat it ice cold from the fridge the next day. You are correct. Um, and then lastly, uh, Maxwell Gregory, twenty eighteen, said Thai food, which you know, hey, nothing wrong with that. That's that's a solid choice and one that we uh, we do quite a bit. Um, so I guess we'll go to our ta- our uh, picks. You want to start with yours? Yeah. Oh, I feel kind of... No, I'm not going to apologize. Mine is super basic, and that's fine. Pizza. There you go. I mean... You want to talk about our favorite place? Or kind of our go-to place? Yes. Giordano's. Yeah. Uh, so for those that are maybe outside of Chicago, it's, a, it's kind of a local chain. Um, you know... You could you could have some spirited debate about favorite Chicago pizza. There are three um, or four chains that are huge here for like the Chicago style pizza, and people will even debate whether Chicago style pizza is even real pizza. I feel like it's we we go back and forth. Okay, so the classic kind of Chicago deep dish pizza is kind of like a casserole, like in, it, in, in, a, in crust. a crust. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, you eat one slice and you're down for the rest <laughs> of the night. You're just like <laughs> napping on the couch, drool coming out of your mouth. Um, very filling mm-hmm. to say the least. So we kind of go back and forth. I, I think that's something I crave more in the winter time when it's cold and you're trying to get some comfort food, not something, I crave all the time. I agree. 
It's like an occasional indulgence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, beyond that, you know, you talk to someone New York to, in New York about Chicago deep dish pizza and, you know, they'll stab you. Yeah, they might. <laughs> uh, but then on top of that, you've got like these local Chicago chains that inspire like great debate among uh, locals. So you've mm-hmm. got like your Gino's East, your Lou Malnati's, your Giordano's, and then people have like other, you know, independent favorites. But uh I don't know. I guess as long as we've lived here, we've kind of settled on Giordano's and we've had like all the other places and they all have something to offer. But although if we did have a Pequod's near us, oh, yeah, that would be our go to. So that's kind of like a would that be like a tavern style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's kind of in between a thin crust and the deep dish mm -hmm. And the crust has like a lot of Parmesan on it. And it's like kind of. Just bordering on too charred. Oh, yes. And it's so delicious. My guess is they probably like brush the crust with olive oil and then sprinkle the cheese mm-hmm. along the outside edge. And so it gets like nice and melted and kind of, like you said, like kind of charred on there. Uh, but it, it's kind of a unique characteristic of that uh, place. And, yeah. Uh, oh, unfortunately, so we good. just don't live very close by. No. So it's not something we get to enjoy as often. But uh, anyway... Thanks for tuning in to Pizza Talk. <laughs> okay, what is your takeout? Is that, is that all you had was pizza? Yeah. All right. Well, here's mine. I, I just kind of went with like well, the ones that we get on a regular basis okay. here at our house. Okay. So uh, first off, you got Mexican. Mm-hmm. There's this place called uh, Pueblo Nuevo, and the owner is really sweet. She knows us by name. She, we see her like at the gym sometimes and she's always like asking how we're doing. I love it because she, she calls everybody lady because I'm sure she meets 20,000 people and sometimes it's hard to like keep everyone's name. Um, but you know, like when I call, like if I call and place an order, she knows exactly what it is by what I, you know, who I am by what I order. And she'll be like, Oh, Hey lady, how's Johnny? Yep. You and get the same thing most of the time, mm-hmm, which I get is the tongue burrito, and Johnny gets a chorizo torta. Yep, and mine has no beans and no sour cream. You don't like? You're not a fan of the beans in burritos Mm-mm. and nope. stuff like that. All right, so that's that's number one. They make a great pozole too. So oh, in the winter yes. months when it's freezing outside, go for the pozole. They only used to have it on the weekends, but people loved it so much that they started carrying it on the week by popular demand Mm -hmm. okay and then we've got a pan-asian joint Mm -hmm. by our place called jess cafe and what we'll usually do is there's a few favorite appetizers that we have they have these spicy chicken wings that are no joke and they and you can select your spice level and we always pick like extra extra spicy i think it's one to five and we usually get like a four yeah, I mean, you could you could go white people spicy if you wanted to, but then we go like the real deal, like super hot, and it's no joke. There's usually like half an inch of uh, spice sitting on the <laughs> bottom of the container. Yes, uh, and then they make a great hot and sour soup, mm-hmm. which we'll get especially in winter months. And then um, we usually just do kind of a rotating roulette wheel of the entree dishes. Oh, you forgot about the avocado. Uh, Ooh, those are good too. There's a cold, um, cold appetizer that's a beef and avocado roll. It's, yeah, like a spring roll. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's a good one. And the beef and, is like really tender. And yep. Delicious. 
So there, there's that. And then uh, if we're in the mood for barbecue, we've got a place called Smoke near our house that's been around for quite a few years now, and they're solidly consistent. Uh, go for the hot links. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've got a few different... I think they have like a St. Louis-style ribs. And they have baby back. Yep. And then, uh, I don't know, with barbecue, they always have like those sides, but they're always like in these little tiny containers that are like a couple bites. And they're always like very underwhelming. See, and I feel like don't don't waste your don't waste your stomach space on yep. the sides. It's like those places <laughs> that serve you bread at the beginning of your meal. Like don't bother. Yeah, right. It you know, you just you're just wasting uh, you know, like you said, like stomach space that you could be filling up with delicious <laughs> ribs. So there there's that. Honorable mention, we used to go to this place on the south side of Chicago called Ribs and Bibs, which is <sighs> closed now, so it's no longer there, but you know, you'd Hand them your money through like the bulletproof glass, so that uh, not much for seating. They just had like a wall along the side with maybe a few uh, stools, but you probably wouldn't want to sit there and dine in. It no. was more like a, a takeout joint. And on that note, there is a place called Honey One that we used to go to uh, that yes. is still in business. They're in a different location now, but they had one of those classic. Uh, like aquarium smokers mm-hmm. that you see at barbecue places, and another place that. Mostly we just got takeout. Uh, the The barbecue was like off the hook. It was so good. And every, oh my God, the people that worked there were so nice and funny. And the uh, the um, dining room kind of looked like a work break room, like any work break or room. Or a bus that, station. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not about as much charm as that. <laughs> but it was cool. I mean, it was BYO. and That is true. You know, um, yeah, as is smoke. So like I, I go there sometimes to get takeout and there'll be people there with like a six pack of beer on the table. And you it's know, been a long time since we've dined in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, several it's been, years, it's been a long time since anyone's dined in anywhere. <laughs> uh, but that's changing. Uh, and then let's see Middle Eastern. We've mm-hmm. got a place called falafel dream by our house when we usually get like chicken shawarma sandwiches. Delicious. Yes. Can't go wrong with that. And then, uh, I think that's it. And uh, we need a decent Indian place. We sure do. We absolutely do. That's the thing that's lacking in our neighborhood. I agree. So someone open an Indian place. Come on, neighbors, make it happen. Yep. (laughs) All right. Should we jump into this book? Let's do it. All right. So Bite Me Balance. This is a book uh, from sisters Julie Albert and Lisa Nat from Canada. I believe they're in the Toronto area. Um. It was sent to us along with a branded hoodie, a reusable grocery bag, and a set of cute measuring spoons. I think we've talked about this on a previous mm-hmm. episode, but uh, you know we're not above bribery when it comes to uh, you know people sending us stuff. So, oh, see you, man. <laughs> Hi, no, we're not assholes, really. Hey, it's Chicago after all. This is true. It's right. always got to be a handout. I was just joking, but. Uh, we dove into this book and, you know, pleasantly surprised that it was it was really good, you know, and we we saw a lot of stuff that we were intrigued by that we wanted to make. And so so we're like, why not? Yeah, Let's do it. We give it a whirl. Um, it's described as 75 percent healthy and 25 percent butter. Mm-hmm. So the, the whole premise, I think, is just uh, kind of like mindful 
habits, whether it's uh, eating sensibly and also just being more active mm-hmm. and moving around, but nothing to any extreme. So they're not preaching like you cut out an entire food category. Right. You're not, you know, cutting out this out of your diet, but, but just everything in moderation. And then you can have like the occasional indulgence. Mm-hmm. So I think most of the dishes we made were like healthy ish. Yeah. Um, and everything was delicious. The chapters are divided pretty simply into uh, things like breakfast, brunch, weeknight dinners. And then there was a gatherings chapter, which mm-hmm. I thought was really great for when you're feeding a crowd. Um, in addition, the book throughout has a lot of like kind of witty dialogue and just humorous stories that kind of really illuminate the relationship that these two sisters have. Um, along with some candid photographs of them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of it's got a unique point of view and it kind of comes through in the pages, I thought. I agree. All right. So and what we made just a brief overview really quick. Uh we made banana breakfast cookies, uh quinoa niswa, uh ginger tofu stir fry with coconut rice, chicken tacos, um cod with an almond horseradish crust. And we did a cocktail, which was a rosemary elderflower martini. And then we finished it with a mushroom and ricotta light pizza. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a lot of dishes from that book. Uh, let's talk these breakfast cookies, because this is something that's kind of entered a regular rotation now. And we've made them a few times. I usually have some. And by we, the- I mean you. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we usually have some in the freezer now. And, uh, you know, I've made them. It Super easy. It's like a banana um, oatmeal. Uh, it's oats, oat bran. Dates. Mm-hmm. Um, vanilla. Um, but anyway, uh, like I have changed the recipe. Like I've just messed with it a little bit just to see how it turns out. I've done like two bananas. I've changed. Uh, well, one time we were out of dates when we were making it. So I used date syrup instead of maple syrup. Mm-hmm. And then I threw some golden raisins and dried apricots in there. That was also delicious. Do you still do the cinnamon and tahini? Yes. Yes. I did one. I think I did one batch with um, peanut butter, though. But these are great, not only as, uh, like the title implies, a breakfast cookie, but also just for dessert if you're looking for something that's, you know, as far as cookies go, a little on the more healthy side. Mm-hmm. Um but we've been enjoying these. Yep. And we've been keeping them on hand. And uh, yeah. You have yet to make a batch, though. I'll, I'll make some. I'll do it. it. But it's a great alternative to like, you know, I usually start the day with like uh, a smoothie. Mm-hmm. And so this is a nice alternative to that. If I'm if I'm looking for something a little look, looking for a break from the, the post yoga smoothie. Mm-hmm. post-yoga smoothie. <laughs> Don't it, you sound like an asshole. I, if you had told a 16-year-old Johnny that I would use the term f- post-yoga smoothie, I would have choked on my five alive. You seem to be hor- You seem to be horrified of everything at the age of 16. I know. You're always like, if you told a 16-year-old Johnny... I wouldn't have believed it. Uh, you want to move on to the next one? Sure. Quinoa um, niswa. Okay, quinoa is the biggest pain in the ass it to is. work with. It gets everywhere. It's like Christmas tree tinsel. We made these dishes a few months ago, and I think we're still sweeping up quinoa mm-hmm. off, the, off the kitchen floor. Mm-hmm. It, but it's good. It's just fussy to work with. Yeah, so basically, it was just kind of a twist on the niçoise salad, which is like tuna, eggs, mm-hmm. um, green beans, 
there was some avocado in there. Um, it did suggest using water, which I think we substitute broth, which for is for the quinoa. Of like yeah, typical I've, of any recipes mm-hmm. that we encounter where they have water. And the one thing about this recipe that I wasn't too keen on was the crispy capers. Yeah, it was. It was just an extra step that I didn't. I think you could have like tossed some capers on there without crisping them, crisping them up in the I first agree. place. And I, I mentioned that when we did this post, because I, I think if I recall, you do the capers and you, you coat them in some corn, corn flour s- mm-hmm. and then you just fry them up really quick. And I just, I felt like that didn't do anything to introduce a different flavor, maybe a little bit of crunch, but not significantly to where it was worth all that effort. I agree. Yeah. I think you could have just thrown plain capers on it. And there. if you wanted that crunchy element, I think there's better options. Like you could have done some kind of seeds or something like that. I agree. Um, there was a lemon shallot vinaigrette that accompanied the dish, which I thought was really good. And then we got to uh, flex our jammy egg making skills. Uh, and we threw some uh, jammy soft boiled eggs on there, which were Delicious. I'm a big fan of the soft-boiled eggs these days. I hear you. Uh, anything else with that dish? No, it was solid. Yeah. It was uh, moving along. Ginger tofu stir-fry with coconut rice. I was really happy to see that there was coconut rice in here because that usually if a dish calls for uh, steaming some rice, we'll throw some coconut milk in there and make our own. And so it was kind of nice to see that like in the recipe as Mm -hmm. you know affirmation i guess (laughs) (laughs) do you need a pat on the back i do (laughs) um yeah what else i mean there was an accompanying sauce that had uh like soy sauce honey lime juice oyster sauce chili paste so it was like equal parts sweet a little heat to it Mm -hmm. a little funky from the from the soy and the oyster sauce um no complaints no Really simple dish. I think that might have been in the weeknight meals. Uh, yeah, chapter. it was. Uh, let's talk chicken tacos. Conversely. Yes. The opposite of an, of an easy dish. Yes. Yeah, so this was an attempt to make fried chicken tacos a little bit more like healthy. Um, so you start with slicing up some chicken breast and then coat them in panko and breadcrumbs uh, before you bake them in the oven. And... I think I was just kind of underwhelmed by the result. Yeah, I, I think if you're going to um, go through the process of breading something, because it gets messy, you yeah. might as well fry it. I think it would have been better had it just been grilled or just full on go fry it. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we enjoyed this. Um there was an avocado dressing that was quite tasty, but it had more of a paste-like consistency. And this was even add or adding, even after adding water to it to try and thin it out a bit, it still was a little thicker than I would have preferred. So, yeah. um, and then there was some cotilla cheese, obvious choice, but not the best choice, I think. If you want to get a little bit of like melty cheese action th- going on, well, yeah, cotilla doesn't get melty at no. all. I think like, I think maybe some queso fresco or some, I mean, even chihuahua cheese or yes. whatever would have. Confession time: We threw some shredded mozzarella. We on there. did. <laughs> it was delicious. 
<laughs> so I guess my overall opinion was like a solid but kind of unremarkable dish. And I would definitely, if I was to make something like that again, I would I would probably tweak it. Yeah. Yeah. There were better alternative ways to make it. Let's talk cod with almond horseradish crust. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we reached for our beloved basa in place of the cod. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime a recipe calls for like a sturdy white fish, that's usually our go-to. Um, it had a crust of breadcrumbs, almonds, shallots, parsley, and horseradish, which strangely contains no Don't horse. say it. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and we used, uh, I know that you can get like bottled horseradish, but we used fresh horse, horseradish. Say, say, Ho- say that again. <laughs> Horseradish. <laughs> but that, that I, I enjoyed that that uh, introduced that like nice little you know, bite. Burn. Yeah. yeah. And it was it was just baked in the oven. This was a good dish. It was. I enjoyed this one. Definitely one of my one of my favorites from the book. And I feel like we don't eat enough seafood. We don't. But we live in Chicago. Right. So <laughs> let's go. Let's go fishing. In the, uh, in the Chicago River. Yeah, Ooh, you're not going to oh, find Basa no. there. <laughs> no. All right. And then uh, usually if a book has a cocktail recipe, we are game for trying it. And this one was a new one for us. It's the Rosemary Elderflower Martini. And uh, it was the perfect drink to use up our elderflower liqueur. Which we still didn't. No, no, we did not use it all up. There's still like a there few is, left. I swear to God, it's, it's like it's self-replenishing. Die. It will never go away. <laughs> had that thing since like Obama was president. Ugh, I think. Yeah. Um, it also, it was a vodka martini made with like elderflower, some simple syrup, I mean, no Lemon surprise juice. that it was a little floral for my personal taste. A little floral and a little sweet. Yes. But I think the reason why we chose it was because um, the photo next to it, the girls were in these, they were at a spa or whatever, and they're sitting there in their nice fluffy robes, yes. drinking their martinis. Yes. And um, when we were in our 20s, we stayed at the W and while visiting Chicago mm-hmm. we, and we, hadn't we lived here yet. we absconded with some of those beautiful fluffy white robes we were asshole little thieves there might have been al- alcohol involved of course there was <laughs> um i still have both of them today seems like a good idea at the time uh, it did uh, we didn't get charged for them so <laughs> charged money wise or charged with a crime either way <laughs> I wonder if there's a statute of limitations for like robe thievery from a hotel. Yeah, probably. I don't want to find out. No. All right. Forget we said anything, (laughs) listeners. That was a big lie. Yep. (laughs) Um, Lastly, mushroom and ricotta white pizza. (gasps) Olive says hi. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. This was a good one. And, you know, we're always looking to try different pizza recipes. And this one did not disappoint. And it's got like kind of like a white sauce. Um, we actually made the pizza dough from the book instead of relying on our uh, usual Paul Kahan dough mm-hmm. recipe. Um, anything else we can say about this? Well, the white sauce was uh, came from the ricotta cheese, basically, which mm-hmm. got spread on the uh, crust of the pizza. 
And then there was a mix of mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And that was combined with some shallots and garlic and oregano. So it was just kind of earthy and um, herby. Um, Some Parmesan on top. This was right up my alley because I'm... I, I kind of prefer pizzas that don't have a red sauce on them. I mean, I can appreciate a good red sauce pizza, pizza, <laughs> but uh, this is a nice alternative. Yeah, I'm kind of I, I. I have a thing about white sauces. If it's a bechamel, I don't want it on my pizza. Yeah, but I mean, if you're gonna do is that like common, y- yeah. Oh. I mean, if you do the um, what about some Alfredo sauce? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why do you got to yuck my yum? Balmer's. You don't like Alfredo sauce? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. Don't be that guy. <laughs> Nobody likes the guy who plays devil's advocate. <laughs> anyway, it was delicious. Yeah. All right. Let's, should we, should let's we t- discuss rankings? Let's do it. Before we do that, uh, I hopped on ye old Amazon website and I tried to find the most critical review of this book. And uh, thankfully, there were nothing too scathing. Uh, there was no one or two two star reviews, just a, a lone three star review. And this comes from Jasmine. And uh, I think I think it said that she lived in Canada too. So okay. you know, fellow Canadian, but uh, that didn't stop her from being critical of this book. But she was very polite about it. Long list of ingredients, she says. I was a bit disappointed with this cookbook. Most of the recipes feature long lists of ingredients, many of which I don't think people have readily, uh, I think she meant on hand, have not tried any of the recipes because of that, so I can't comment on the taste of them. So she just skimmed Mm. through the book and wrote a review without actually working from it. That drives me bananas. See, all this time we've been doing it wrong. All this, all these meals we make from these different books, all the time we spent, uh, you know, writing about them and doing a podcast. Just the gall of people to review people, review something that they haven't even tried. Yep. That, tell, tell it to I, Jasmine. Uh, I don't understand. And, you know, I, I have to take issue that I, I will, I will concede that there's, a long list of ingredients for some of these, but if you look at them, a lot of them are just like herbs and, you know, things that yes. go together quickly. They're, they're in a sauce, they're in a vinaigrette. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the long ingredient list should intimidate you because it's just what happens to be in these different components. Yeah. Um, and I really don't understand like the, the comment about, you know, many mm. of which people don't have on hand because I didn't find there was any exotic ingredients or not at all. Not specialty at all. goods that you'd have to go, you know. So if you have access to a decent grocery store. You can make set. anything from this book. Yeah. So that's th- there it is. OK. All right. Let's talk uh, food photography and styling. What'd you give it? I give it a four. OK. Uh, the photos themselves. I believe they take themselves. Um if I'm not mistaken. Um, what? Kind of saturated. A uh, little bit overexposure on the colors. Lots of, I don't know if action shots is the right word, but uh, it'd be like someone holding a dish or like featuring props with like maybe a brush of, you know, 
they just finished brushing a sauce on the dish or like a serving spoon with like, you know, a piece of, you know, the, the dish on there. Um, unfussy plating, mm-hmm. lots of crumbs. Mm-hmm. So nothing, uh, I, I think it's safe to say they didn't use tweezers no. when plating these. Um, and then, of course, a few candid selfies of the sisters, which makes it kind of entertaining and kind of gets their point of view across. So what'd you have? So I gave it a five. Um, it was a mixture of perspectives, like you said. There were some uh, overheads, 45 degrees, um, straight on. One of the one of the shots that I really like that I kind of replicated on our on our feed was the it's it's a shot that's like chest and hands holding a holding like food or whatever yeah which i think is so cute because there was always a t-shirt that had a cute little message on it like culinary goddess or what have you um there were a lot of macro shots and extreme and and like closer up shots all of the photos kind of read like a really nicely curated like Instagram feed or something. Yes, yes. And I and I have seen some of these photos like show up in their feed after the fact. So they, you know, they had all this material that they can then continue to kind of get some mileage out of and, and share. And they're they're good photos. Yeah, well, and the color palette is like this light, airy, kind of pastel, neutrally. Although I felt like they amped up the the color saturation a bit, just a bit, not. It it wasn't extreme like I've seen in other people's feeds, but just enhanced it. I felt like the whites were blown out a lot. Yeah, um, but I mean, it didn't. It, that didn't bother me at all. all right. So so four for me, five for you. Mm-hmm. Let's talk design and layout. Um, well, you, I gave it a four. You kind of uh, described like the layout at the beginning. You know, there's four sections. Mm-hmm. Um, each each recipe page has like a cook time, a prep time, and then there's also icons uh, with every recipe as to can it freeze well? Is it gluten free? Mm-hmm. Is it vegan? Mm-hmm. Uh, can it be vegan optional? What have you? Yeah, and I appreciated that. And then there was also. Uh, sorry, I'm totally like adding to this, but uh, there was a recipe guide that had like specific categories. So if you were looking for something that was like maybe high in vitamins or low carb or high in protein, yes, I would, I saw that and I I really appreciated that. Yeah, so it gives you some suggestions depending on like if you're looking for uh, a specific type of uh, cuisine. Um, what else did you have? Anything um, else? no, let's. All right. So you gave it a four? Mm-hmm. All right. I gave it a five. Okay. So we just kind of flip-flopped on those two mm-hmm. categories. Um, you mentioned a lot of what I had taken notes as well. Um, there was um, scattered throughout the book are these, uh, they call them lessons from Lisa. And uh, one of the sisters, Lisa, has a culinary training and she ran a successful baking business. So I think she's more... Uh, professionally trained Mm -hmm. and skilled when it comes to to cooking and so she had a lot of real useful tips on you know just preparing these dishes and 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 i thought that was really helpful um all throughout the book there's these famous quotes just random you know rodney dangerfield or (laughs) something like that liberace or something i i love that idea um it's it's kind of fun as we we've talked before about like we're kind of toying with the idea of doing our own cookbook and so it's really fun to like page through these books that we review and just 
look at you know how things are laid out and designed and then maybe just you know find little nuggets and like things mm-hmm. that we appreciate so that was one idea where i was like oh that's really clever i wish they would have been like food related quotes though because they were more just kind of random quotes life quotes yeah yeah. Okay, yeah but i but i love the concept and then um the recipe intros themselves i thought were like really amusing and, mm-hmm. and just like they're well written and really witty um they would have things throughout the book too like top 10 pet peeves and it would and it would be like a top 10 list and they had like several of these mm-hmm. and it would be like toast crumbs in the butter uh not clearing the microwave timer which i think we're guilty of all the time yeah doesn't bother me but you know you got to pick and choose your battles um but i i thought that was really clever as well um and it just helps you get to know them a little bit and gives this book like some more personality and injects their personality into mm-hmm. it. Um, so I gave it a five. Okay. I thought, I thought it was a, I thought it was a, that was where the strength of this book really was for me. Okay. Was in the design and layout. Uh, degree of difficulty. Um, I gave it a two. Mm-hmm. Um, while we mentioned earlier the ingredient list is longer than some other books we've worked on, I didn't think any of the recipes were difficult to make or time-consuming. Most require less than five steps Mm -hmm. to complete. Um, I only gave it a two because there's a few extraneous steps to some of the dishes that I thought could be eliminated or simplified, such as the crunchy capers Mm -hmm. that we talked about before. Um... What do you have? I gave it a two as well. Okay. Um, I didn't, uh, pretty much what you said. Um, and I, I think the only thing that stopped me from giving it a one was because there are some baking recipes in there. And I think baking is just inherently harder and, you know. But, Intimidating to and, some people. Oh, and also I made a, I didn't address this earlier, but I also made the coffee cake from this book and it, turned out delicious that's right that was kind of like a an extra mm-hmm. and i don't think we ended up photographing Mm-mm. that but it was good it had this really nice uh kind of jam ribbon in the middle that was uh i believe um coffee grounds and sugar and it froze really well too because mm-hmm. i think we kept some of those in the freezer for for a bit and then enjoyed those for like breakfast or like a dessert yeah good stuff which leads us to taste yes What'd you have? I gave it a 3.5. <laughs> you and your 3.5. I know. Um, the, t- the tacos, meh. Yeah. Were kind of unremarkable. And the cocktail for me was a little bit too sweet. Yeah. Um, but everything else I enjoyed. Yeah. So I'm right there with you. I gave it a four. Okay. For the, you know, overall, I liked everything. I think we could also easily revisit this book and try completely mm-hmm. different things. And I would probably I enjoy most of them as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's a sign of a, a solid cookbook when you start paging through it and you see like a lot of stuff that you wouldn't mind making and eating. So mission accomplished. All right. Well, um, if you guys enjoyed the show, please rank and review it. Uh, follow us on social media at we underscore cook underscore books that is our instagram and our facebook is at we cook books all right you know what time it is joke time it is time for the ha-has okay uh you know why uh seagulls fly over the sea 
No. Because if they flew over the bay, they'd be bagels. <laughs> That's another one you can tell your kids. Oh, goodness. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Have be, a fantastic week. Be safe. Wear a mask. Thank you.